and welcome to HY Dyslexia Podcast. We feel really happy and privileged to be here today to talk to you about dyslexia and BAME and how to overcome fear during COVID-19. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to the funders, the National Lottery Community Fund, and it's mainly to support the BAME community during COVID-19 and um, anyone um, who is BAME and have dyslexia and needs support um, with this pandemic that we're going through at the moment. Now, um, nine, ten months ago, we probably would have met in person and we probably would have put up an event or something to talk about this particular um, topic. Well, we can't do that. And even if we can, I don't think many people will turn up anyway because of um, COVID-19. So the podcast um, we'll be uh, producing today will be shared on all the podcast channels like Spotify, um, Acast, Apple, and many more, as well as on HY Dyslexia website and all our social media channels. Um, before I actually start, I want to introduce the amazing Pat Patricia Taylor, or Pat Taylor, she likes to be known as. <laughs> um, Pat is a specialist dyslexia teacher, and she's also an art therapist, and she has been working within the dyslexia um, field for quite some time now, and I felt it was really important to have um, Pat as one of our um, podcast guest to talk about um, the topic today, which is how do you overcome or how to overcome fear during COVID-19. Pat specializes in teaching children from the age of maybe, what do I say, six maybe? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, six, to, seven. Six, seven, till about the age of 14? I think it's going up now. Oh, it's going it? up. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and she is absolutely phenomenal. She also works for A to I Dyslexia as a freelance um, dyslexia specialist teacher. Um, and she supports um, children with dyslexia. I've known Pat for many years and she is one amazing lady. And she's so brilliant at her work that she does. And, um, you know, the children she's worked with, some of the mums will testify how their children's life have completely been turned around. Uh, today's topic is about fear and how, how to overcome fear. So we will talk about maybe how we support our children and, and how parents can support their kids in terms of fear and anxiety during this COVID-19. I'm going to read a little bit about Pat's biography and then I'll hand it over to her. Tell us a bit about um, herself and why she's so passionate to do the job that she does. So Pat holds an MA in SPLD dyslexia and has worked in the field for more than 15 years. As a qualified teacher, Pat has over 25 years of teaching experience. She has worked as a mainstream class teacher, SENCO, and out-of-school project coordinator. As a specialist dyslexia teacher, her role has also involved assessments and delivering training to schools. She has taught in a range of settings, including hospital, community, organizations, and people referral units. Additionally, Pat is also a qualified art therapist. Most recently, alongside working in schools, Pat has become more involved in community work, teaching and raising awareness about emotional impact of dyslexia. So I think the topic that we chose is perfect, absolutely perfect. Pat, over to you. Please tell us a bit about yourself. I know I've read that, but sometimes it's great to hear it from the guest. Um, You know, why do they do the job they do, who they are, why you're passionate to make a change? Why do I do the job that I do? because everybody needs help. 
some sort of help somewhere along the line. You know, there are those, even those that are high flying, sometimes need some support. And also it's so rewarding. I said to, I think my sister, lots of conversation with my sister the other day. You know, I don't go to work. I, I'm, when I'm going off, I say, I'm off to have some fun because that's what it is. My job, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. The children are great. Um, and it's about, you know, letting them know that, yes, this is difficult, um, but together, through this kind of sharing, we can we can work on this, you know. It either manages you or you manage it, you know, and then we make a little choice together and we have fun together and that's how we learn. That is how we learn, because if you're not, you know, relaxed, you're not going to do any learning. Because I say to them, if, you, if you're going to get anxious or fearful, then your brain's not going to function for you. And you know what, I've personally witnessed a journey of a young child that you have been supporting for some quite some time now. And she's completely, I mean, the way she learns and how she's confident and, you know, her mother would testify that you have done a fantastic work and you continue to support her. And she's, she's just doing amazing. You know, we have fun with words and just fun with the learning because that's the best way Wonderful. to learn. Really. I'm going to dive straight to my first question, and that is, what advice would you give to the BAME community who are going through challenges during COVID-19 as dyslexics? Whether it's children, whether it's a parent who's got dyslexia, a parent who's got dyslexia and got a child, what advice would you give? Do you know, my first piece of advice is restrict social media and news. Restrict how much you listen to it, because it, it can overwhelm you. It can send you into a space of complete fear and that will, for want of a better word, immobilise you, stop you doing anything. So I think I would restrict how much of that social media you consume. Otherwise, it will consume you. That would, that would be my first bit of advice. You know, because I think you have to work out there are some things within your control and some things that are just not. So why subject yourself to stuff that you can't control? And I, to I, I totally agree with you, Pat, because I think the beginning of the pandemic, I was literally glued to my TV. So it was like, let's find out what's happening. And it did send me to a completely different sort of world. I was literally crippling by it. I was so fearful because um, it is quite a lot to take in, you know? And I think for me as a dyslexic, what was even worse is all this information, the graph, the charts, the R number, the this, the that. And you're like, what is going on here? You know, because information is quite overload. Very, very much so. And what does it all mean? In your day-to-day -day life, what does that all mean? You know, yes, there's lockdown. Yes, there are restrictions. But there's only so much you actually need to kind of know for you to move forward and get on with your life. Otherwise it will just overwhelm you, you know, because you're, you know, when it comes to fear, okay, if you think about, should I just, should I just carry on, Lizzie? Yeah, you know, you think, you know, for me, you know, when you asked me to do this, I thought, well, what is fear? And I thought, right, this is what I always do with a word. I always go and look it up in the dictionary. Or if a dyslexic person just talk to your Siri, fear, and it will give you a definition. And then what does that mean to me in my life? How do I interpret it? So it says that fear is an unpleasant feeling caused by a threat of danger or pain 
And then you have to kind of sit with that. What does that mean in my life? Particularly in relation to this COVID-19. The threat of danger or a feeling of pain. Now, when you get so fearful, your body cannot tell the difference between what is real and what is unreal because it reacts the same as if, it, if, it's, if it's real. So why are you going to overwhelm yourself with all that stuff that you really can't control? You know, that, that's my thing. Because if you think about this, imagine, you just have to imagine stuff and your body goes into reaction. Because for me, it might be, oh my gosh, there's a mouse. And my body will go, oh, and there's my mouse. Because your body can't tell the difference. It just goes immediately into panic, fear, and it, what that happens if you're always constantly in fear, it overrides your thinking and, it's, and it hinders you from making rational judgments. That is so awesome. Thank you for that. And I think if you've got dyslexia, if you've got dyslexia and you've got specific learning as well, um, we're dealing with COVID and then we're dealing with maybe going into education setting and then you've got that sort of... Um, you know that sort of learning difficulty to also overcome mm. so it's sort of a, it's a lot to take in um it's a lot to take in it's a lot a lot and so what happens is you're always going to be in if you get really 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 fearful you're always going to be in survival mode and what i tend to say to some of my students is when you're in that panic your brain shuts down and you as i say can you go into your back brain so you know when you get fearful the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and that is your survival mode. That is your survival mode. You know, so you've gone into that survival mode, which means actually beam me up, Scotty, get me out of here now. And you stop thinking. You know, when you kind of tap your forehead, this is where your thinking bit takes place. And that's the last bit of your brain that actually developed. So when you're in fear and frightened, that shuts off because you need to get out there and survive. You must come across so many children who look fearful and who have got anxiety and who are worried or, um, you know, how do I cope in the school setting? How do I cope in my class? I mean, I know you've got an amazing art therapy background and you, you, you practice a lot of self-care and, um, you know, relaxation and things. So how does one deal with that? I mean, what do you normally say to a child who's feeling anxious? Um, I do a lot of talking, a lot of conversation, because what I really want to get down is what are they really frightened of? Because to overcome the fear, you have to understand what you're really, really frightened of. So we do a lot of talking, you know, about, okay, what are you frightened of? Not so much why are you frightened of, it's more like, well, what do you think is going to happen with that fear? And then I say, okay, what's the worst possible scenario? We talk about what is the worst possible thing that could happen, particularly if it comes to you know, those things that they get anxious about, like spelling. I say, okay, yes, spelling is important, but where is it really important when you're doing an email address? Because that's when it's going to go astray. What's the worst, you know, are you going to die if you misspell a word? No. And that's, that's, that's my view. What is the worst possible scenario? You know, okay. And a lot of children get anxious about spelling because that is the thing they judge by. You know, even as an adult, if, if you know, you, somebody sees that you can't spell 
they went, oh, what, are you stupid or what? And this is what people don't understand. It's most spellings you can decipher. You can decipher, you know. So those are the things they get anxious around. And I always talk to them, okay, what's the worst possible scenario if you spell that word wrong? Are you going to die? I don't think so. And then once they've relaxed, then we can deal with that. But we have to be in a state of relaxation because when you're relaxed, you're more likely to engage in your learning because you don't mind taking the risk. You don't mind if you get it wrong because you know you're going to learn from that little bit. So we have to get, you know, for me, it's about getting them and trust to a state where they're relaxed enough to give it a go and not fearful of failing. That's a, that's a huge thing. Fear of failure and all the stigma that goes with not being able to read as efficiently or as fast as the next person. Because when you know a child or even an adult comes and says, I can't read, I would say, hmm, I don't think that's correct. Because usually they can always read something and that's my starting point. They can always read something and that's where I start from. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Pat. Now, um, my next question will be, how can a parent help a child who is experiencing fear and what signs should they be looking out for? You know, I would always say talk to your child. Talk to your child. Signs to looking out, out for are usually changes in behaviour. Changes in behaviour are the big one. You know, and then, you know, what are they fearful of? But also, the key thing is, whose fears are those? Are they your child's fears or are they picking up on your fears? That's a huge one, an absolute huge one. Whose fears are they? You know, is it something they've heard somewhere else? It's all, that's why it's, you know, that old saying, it's good to talk. It really is. It really is. Just talk to your, have that space that, you know, to talk to them, you know, because it might be that children are very sensitive, they're picking up on your fears. And then you have to ask yourself, sit with yourself and say, you know, what are those fears? You know, what am I really fearful of? Because, you know, we have layers of fear. So in this current thing, sitting on the top of this is the pandemic and the fear. But when we drill down, what are we really, really frightened of? And you have to sit with yourself and ask, as an adult, as a parent, you have to sit with yourself and ask yourself that question, really. And then, well, is this fear something I can do about it? You know, where is this fear taking me? Is it taking me right down in the rabbit hole where I can't get out? Or is it, you know, a certain amount of fear is kind of healthy because it can either keep you focused or keep you alive. So it's, it's right to be frightened of a crocodile coming down the hallway because boy, that crocodile might eat you. Okay. So, so, and then you have to run indoors and shut your door because you don't want the crocodile to come in. So you're going to be safe, you're going to be alive. So I'm going to move on to my last question now, Pat, which, um, you know, you can answer it as best as you can, really. Now, I know with dyslexia, everybody's dyslexia is different. And not, I mean, you are the expert to tell me this. I love the condition, but you've studied it for many years. 
Um, so support available for the individual dyslexic um, who are listening at the moment, everyone's different. So give me an example of a support available for um, BAME dyslexics. I think if you're at, if they're really fearful, I think particularly children, your real first point of call is school because lots of schools now have counselling services. A lot of schools take on therapists and counselling services, you know, and particularly in, in our community, there's no stigma in it. You know, you need to shift that stigma. Otherwise, we don't go forward and we don't get the support we need. And if there are none of us accessing those services, then the services won't develop to support us because we'll always be outside of it. So we need to enter it, you know, and it's not, you know, things are changing. So before, you know, we always talk about going somewhere and not, you know, the higher up you go in this kind of educational forums and hierarchy and stuff, the kind of, the air gets thin, so to speak, and there are not so many of us, but that is changing. That is absolutely changing. So I think we need to access these services. You know, there are services that are, geared towards, you know, there's an organization called um, the Black and Asian Therapy Network. You know, there are all sorts, but school, is, I would say school is your first port, port call because schools have, you know, talked to your class teacher. And, you know, you we have to step into these arenas to get the services for our children because we are out there in, you know, I'm an art therapist. There are many more like me that, you know, we are in these services. So I would say if your child is really anxious, that, you know, school, because schools are hubs of lots of things. Excellent. Now you mentioned stigma, Pat, and that's something now, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because mm. within the black community, um, hidden disabilities, mental health and other things has kind of seen us all I can't really talk about that because people will look at me differently and so forth. So what kind of um, advice would you give to the black community about stigma and dyslexia, for example? We need to move forward. Mm. We need to be individuals who we are, you know, and what, as long as that stays hidden, how do we expect to thrive? It's, you know, just because you are, have, challenges in certain areas that's not about your intelligence this is what I you know and I can understand the stigmas because you know those stereotypes those kind of views that we are less than or we're not as intelligent so we're unlike you know we think oh my gosh that person can't read that's that's their intelligence it's not about intelligence it's the fact that your brain is processing in a very different way it doesn't pose, particularly with dyslexia, and all, dy all dyslexias are different, but there are things they hold in common. They are, th and how they respond to their differences are all unique. But it's about processing the sounds of spoken language, you know, and that's a very subtle thing. And that's not about intelligence. Because look at so many people that are successful in our community. With dyslexia and that is so and we you know we're into you know people from the African Caribbean we're in all fields you know 
that dyslexia is actually something that can propel you because you know if you're not a non-dyslexic goes a quite straightforward route because they can and someone who is dyslexic doesn't go down that straight path because it's not necessarily but they have to think of problem solves in different ways which what makes them the great inventors the great entrepreneurs because they have to find another way around you know and there are certain industries that actively recruit you know as Jeanette said that neurodiversity they actively because they know they problem solve and think out the box think differently to solving problems problem solving skills are at the height of your intelligence as a dyslexic look at you Lizzie you yourself are absolute example of that you know I just trail behind in your light because I'm like ooh, you know yeah so I may I may not be able to read write spell it correctly but you know hey I'm using my strengths that I have and I normally say that yeah. And as I say, when they say, well, like, you know, I, but I can't spell this, I say, well, what's that got to do with the price of fish? Mm. Because you can do this. This is what we need. We can focus on your strength. I'm not saying it's not important, but let's focus on your strengths first. And those strengths are what is going to propel you. We can work on the spelling afterwards. You know, particularly when it comes, to, I always say to my pupils, let's just write. Mm. Because those thoughts, uh, you know, because uh, once your train of thought is gone, it's very hard to get it back. So if we're doing a creative piece of writing or they have to write a letter or do anything that involves writing, I said, let's just write. We can always correct the spellings afterwards because we can see what we're doing there. I can see what you're doing. I can pull that out, but I'm not in your head to see your thoughts. And sometimes they're talking to me and I'll do the writing for them. And I'm like, oh no, God, I haven't spelled that right. Because, you know, I can't spell it. You know, who can spell all the, who's got time to be spending every single word in the dictionary? What, a, there are other things more important like that's and some of them make such brilliant writers it's that creative process that is what makes my job so exciting it's it's you know when these things just come popping out and I'm like whoa and sometimes when we're reading back you know I go still and those hairs on the back of my neck stand up because I'm like oh my goodness oh my goodness wonderful that's so amazing, Pat. Thank you so much um, for coming on A2I Dyslexia podcast. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, there was something you said about the top tips. And I would say, number one, when it comes to fear, know exactly what you're afraid of. What is it that's frightening you? And as adults, I think as adults, as parents, we need to lead on that. You know, which means that you have to practice sitting with yourself and asking yourself, well, what am I really afraid of? And you use, eventually it takes time to just sit in that stillness. The answer will pop up. Once you know what you're afraid of, it's like, oh, okay. Once you acknowledge it, don't hide it. Acknowledge it, particularly to yourself. When you, once you acknowledge it, it's, it reduces it. It makes it smaller. And I would say, be kind to yourself. When you talk to yourself, what are, how are you talking to yourself? You know, be kind to yourself. Kindly, we all need kindness. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. These are the things that help us to thrive in these fearful times. We don't want the fear to overwhelm us. So I think be kind to yourself, be kind to others. We all need somebody to cultivate our relationships. You know, this whole isolation, this is what's sending people down more than anything else. It's being not with other people. We need people to thrive and survive. 
active but by first and then to thrive and the last one I would say actions and exercise because once you're bouncing around you know it raises the chemicals that keep you happy thank you so I say those are the things that will help you overcome the fear look after each other because we all need love and somebody thank you so much Pat thank you so much for coming on A2I Dyslexia the podcast. Um, my name is Elizabeth Tetchy, the founder of A2I Dyslexia, and it's been amazing having Pat Taylor, who um, has spoken to us today about how to overcome fear um, during COVID-19. I want to say thank you, Pat. I want to say thank you to Yola for the production of this um, podcast. I want to say thank you to our listeners, because without them, there is no podcast. And I want to say thank you to the funders, the National Lottery um, Community Fund, for funding such an amazing, amazing project. Now, look after yourself, everybody. Take care. And we'll see you same place next time, next week. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia podcast, All Things Dyslexia, is funded by the National Lottery Community Fund and presented by Elizabeth Tashi. It's produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions.